Welcome everybody to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Adam Matis. Adam, we have been doing the show together now for what, two, three years? I have no idea. Well, however long it, it, it's been, we are finally covering a topic that I can consider myself an expert on. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we candy. are going pow- <laughs> to power rank candy. It is Halloween weekend. It's my daughter's first Halloween. I'm really excited about this. Oh, that is a good one, man. Kids and Halloween. Yeah, like I'm, I'm honestly, I'm out on Halloween until I had kids again. Then I'm like, oh, you know, it's fun again. So congrats yeah. to you. And congrats to everybody who's going to get the uh, definitive power ranking best Halloween candies. I mean, I think people are very excited about that. No definitive, controversy. I'll, I'll, I'll decide how definitive it is based on based on how yeah. you rank this. Because if if and if last week is any indication on how this power ranking is going to go, <laughs> last week was not a good performance for me. Are we going to keep bringing this up every every week? Are you are you just going to keep pointing out my bad ones? At least at least week. I'm good. This you week. know, another month or so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good this In, week, man. Indiana didn't even mention Golden State. All right, uh, today's show though, we are not just going to talk about candy, and we are not just going to give Adam crap about his power rankings from last week. We have a public negotiation going on between yeah. the players and the governors, is what we are supposed to call them. Uh, Board about, of governors, sure. Uh, about the return date. Uh, governors appear to want December 22nd. Players want something closer to January 18th. We'll see yeah. how that comes out. So we got to talk about how, how that conversation is going down. And then Ethan Strauss of The Athletic came out with a, an interesting suggestion for uh, staggering the return dates based on when teams' seasons ended uh, last year. So let's go ahead and start, though, with the initial reports first. We heard that the the target date was December 22nd, not even Christmas, with camps returning December 1st, which would have been – which is – which would give the Lakers just about – six weeks the the lakers and heat would have gotten about six weeks between championship and return to to camp uh and and obviously there was a report that shortly followed (laughs) where some stars and a healthy group of players are saying that they would prefer to start january 18th i would imagine those some stars were, were probably headlined by lebron james well i think you're already framing this conversation in a way that i think that is somewhat incorrect. I think mostly correct, but somewhat incorrect in that you're framing it as owners versus players. And I just don't know that that is the case. Um, And also that the owners want this December 22nd. Here's who wants the December 22nd. People that are looking solely at the, you know, what, what is the NBA staying to, to, but it's not just financial bottom line. It's a, it's a bunch of other things. I mean, first of all, the NBA has owned Christmas day for many years. You give yeah. it up this year, especially in a year when the NFL has a fluid schedule. They're mm-hmm. almost certainly going to put games on Christmas, have an incredible, and maybe you lose. Sometimes you give up something and you never get it back. And yeah. so the, there's especially also, to the NFL, especially to the NFL. That's a great day that the NBA's kind of like planted their flag on. So I don't, I don't think it's fair to put this as a you know, owners just want them to get out there and shut up and play and this or that. Well, like, no, I think I'm it's, not, I'm not I think framing it's, I, it I understand way. that. But when you frame it as a, you know, oh, well, the players are the ones that have to play and they don't want to, and the owners, they don't. No, no, no. This is very much a, the logic of the NBA dictates that they would begin on the 22nd when you throw out the logic of what is the healthiest for players. If you just say, what is going to 
damage the NBA the least or, or mitigate the, the most damage from this just having to do things so strangely, it is very clearly December 22nd. But again, they're, the ones that have to play, and specifically the ones who have to play who just finished playing, your LeBron Jameses, yeah. your players that went, your teams that went deep into the NBA, it's very understandable that they wouldn't want to. But I don't think it's fair. I don't think anybody, and I'm not saying you were framing it this way, or that you think this way, but the way you framed it, I think, would lead people to think that this is a like sort of good versus evil. You know, no, nope. we we you you know we just want the money, so we're doing this. No, there's a lot of reasons the NBA wants to start December. Well, even if even if I were just making it players versus owners, right? There are the the, the players faction of this is going to be separated. You have teams that haven't played in like six months. They, they want to start Long, yesterday. Oh, longer longer than that. Longer than that. I mean, we're talking. <laughs> you know. Yeah. By the time that rolls around, it'll almost have been a year. I yeah. mean, really. So, um, yeah. So I that that's a whole other layer of it. And because you know, originally we had this hard deadline today. Today was the day that because I think it was the first that. Um, they had this soft deadline about, hey, we have to figure these things out or, or else we could reach and we can get into a murky situation. Maybe we can't come mm-hmm. to an agreement. Michelle Roberts came out and just basically said, Friday's not going to cut it. We're not going to be able to be done in time. So, you know, we're, it is probably going to take us another week or two for everybody to kind of come to a conclusion and agree on what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, I just, I think in the coming days and maybe even coming weeks, we will see players splinter off from the right what is right now the company line or the nba pa company line yeah. of we want to push this back to the end of january the uh so you mentioned christmas and the nfl potentially taking over that day right now christmas is is slated to fall on a not right now it's it's tomorrow's going to be the same thing but christmas is going to be on a friday yeah. uh the december 22nd would fall on a tuesday yeah and you know if ideally like if you just if you're just looking at at you know revenue generated, you want to be able to go before Christmas so that you get opening night, which is going right. to be yep. its own big deal, right. and then Christmas, which is obviously something that the the NBA has owned. Right. And and look, I can't fault. Like you're right in saying that it isn't just a players owners thing. I'm sure there are players out there, especially players but, on teams that weren't playing, uh, you know, two weeks ago. They're again, saying, well, that's not guys, the point that we I'm not can't saying. give that up. Like we we can't we yeah. can't lose that, especially seeing as it's on a day that the NFL could take it over. But let's also talk. So I'm, I'm not trying to say it's over. It over. What I'm saying is that when the board of governors is saying they want this, when Adam Silver is saying they want this, and I'm sure when the team's media partners are saying they want this, yeah. it's not just because they're like we want money and we want it now. The sooner the better. No, there are actual logical reasons that say, hey, I know it sucks. It's going to be hard on your body and this or that. Like wasn't a lot of vacation time or family time, but there are actual logical reasons. Another reason, you know, the Olympics are big to a lot, especially a lot of European players. I know mm-hmm. with some American-born players, I think it'll be less important. I don't know that we're going to see the a all of the A-list American-born players go yeah, this year. I'd I mean, be shocked if LeBron plays. And LeBron, for example, it's just going to be an incredible like twelve-month stretch. He will basketball. He will be on. So to, I, I, there's going to be some. But I think for some of your European players, it means a lot. It only comes around every four years. And this is a very rare opportunity for them. So another aspect of starting in December is it allows you to still get seventy-two games in and still get out of the playoffs before the Olympics begin. So again, it's just. So this is this is the the framing of the conversation. I think right now is very much a what makes logical sense from a how can we salvage the business of the NBA, not just the money part, but all of it, the momentum, everything. How can we salvage that versus 
you're asking guys to do something that puts a lot of stress on their body in addition to also asking them not to take a vacation that they have had <laughs> their whole lives, this four months off. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so that, that's the framing of it. I understand both sides. I don't think, I, and we're going to talk in the second segment a little bit more about some other solutions. I think even less so than the bubble, there are no perfect solutions. There's a wider diversity oh, yeah, of sure. NBA teams that benefit differently from different scenarios I think than even going into the bubble and that's why I think that this next season one is going to be kind of clunky but two it's just somebody's going to really get I don't want to say screwed over but somebody's going to get the short end of the stick there are going to be teams that wind up with a much more favorable or less favorable outcome in this and there's just no way to avoid that I don't think do you think anybody wants this more than like Kyrie Irving a return that screws over LeBron's team. Like, <laughs> there's nobody in the Players Association who who wants that more. No, but I, I the last point I want to make on this that I think is is important here to to point out is if you do, if the NBA does come back on on December 22nd or December 25th, I hope that they understand and won't find anybody from either Miami or the Lakers who say, guys. We're, we're, we're taking a couple nights off here and there national games, national TV games, whatever. There are going to be some nights where our bodies just say, we can't do it right now because like, not only was the bubble, I think difficult on, uh, you know, on the bodies in, you know, and that they were a postseason, right? So that's, that's going to produce wear and tear too. But the stress that came with being in that bubble for that long adds to that compounds that, that, that wear and tear on the body it, from a more psychological psychological standpoint, and I think there's exhaustion that comes out of comes from being in that situation for that long, and then to immediately dive right back. Especially if they're talking about these re- regional bubbles, if you're diving right back into anything close to that, I think from from a psychological standpoint, those players are saying, "Man, that's a lot to ask." And I and, and it's hard for me to say that they're wrong in in, in pointing that out. Absolutely. I think every team and every star player, especially the older ones, are going to take nights off in the NBA, and it's just going to be a thing that I think is more accepted perhaps than in most seasons. That being said, I've always said this. You have a responsibility to trying to make your team the best possible. You also have a responsibility in just knowing what games are more important for the overall health of the league. And if you want that full pie, you have to understand like, hey, tonight is maybe not the night to rest. Tonight, TNT, marquee game, Lakers, Clippers. Yeah, like, hey, we got to suck it up. We're all tired, but this is for the overall health of the league. So I agree with you, but I do hope that the players at least understand where the wiser spots from an overall, you know, unselfish standpoint is of when to take those rests. Players also got to be kind of careful about their framing of, of their side of things because they're saying, man, it's really difficult to get right back into this, right dive right back into the season when there are a whole bunch of people wishing that, they, that this was a problem that they had, that, that, that they were being sure. overworked when, when so many people are still unemployed. Um, all right, let's take a quick second here. And when we come back, I want to talk about the staging idea and, and the theory behind it how you feel about it. I think it's really convoluted, but, but you know, Adam, I'm going to rely heavily on, on you this, this next segment. Don't make well, it. So it's going to be like yeah, every okay. other segment. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I knew it. I hung the curveball <laughs> as I <laughs> come right back in a bit. I know you guys are listening over a, an audio 
uh, medium. But but as I was saying that, as I was concluding that last segment, I was actually physically trying to get those words back into my mouth. It's <laughs> such an easy joke for Adam. So Adam, why don't you frame uh, Ethan's yeah. idea here? And it's based mostly on the stuff we were talking about earlier, where some teams have, there, there, there's, there's no perfect such a solution. Wide, right. That that too, but there's such a wide gap between where some some teams finished right. off their seasons and others finished theirs. So Steph Curry played, I believe, last December. So he has had a full year off. Of course, Clay Thompson even longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Warriors as a team have not played, I think, since March 10th or 11th. So you you're looking at a team like the Golden State Warriors who probably look at this and say, "Hey, man, it's been an eight month off season for us. Like you push it back another two, that it's a negative for us, not a positive." Atlanta, Charlotte, you know, there's a lot of teams like this. So I think, and, and what Ethan proposed, I only bring up, his article was good, and, and, but the only reason I bring it up, you know, a writer over at The Athletic, you can check it out over at The Athletic. The reason I bring it up is because I don't think there's a perfect solution, and much like the bubble, much like the Elam ending in the, uh, in the All-Star, All-Star game, game, sometimes the idea that is best is unpopular when it's first launched. Play-in mm-hmm. games, seeding round, uh, you know, uh, Elam endings, whatever. What Ethan proposes is that the teams that d- did not make the playoffs or did not make the bubble come back early. I think it was the teams that didn't make the playoffs come back on December 22nd. And it becomes a sort of showcase for the lottery teams this year, of which, you know, there's some interesting ones. Golden State, for example, is very interesting. I think Minnesota mm-hmm. and Phoenix has people that most fans know the names of, the, of, of some of the stars on there. So you, you get some, some stars you get so some stars to play. And then you bring back everybody else, you know, mid-January, maybe MLK Day. And that extra two or three weeks, what happens is everybody ends up playing the same number of games. But the teams that started early, the non-playoff teams from last season, they basically get their games spread out a little bit more, fewer back-to-backs, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more favorable in that, in that regard. Um, it's not fair. You know, I put quotes, air quotes up here. It's not fair because that would mean – all of the teams that made the playoffs, including your Lakers, my Nuggets, they would come back and have to have just a lot more back-to-backs and, you know, a tighter schedule, tighter window. If a player gets hurt, you know, maybe they miss two weeks. That That's 11 games or 10 games instead of just, you know, eight, seven or eight or something. So there are real ramifications on the fairness of it. But to me, it's intriguing because, again, there's no perfect solution. And maybe this is a way to have your cake and eat it too, at least a little bit. Provide a showcase for some of those non-popular teams. And also just kind of get away for the for LeBron James to have an extra three weeks of rest. Yeah, I think I'd be interested to 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 hear from players from those teams that would come back later in terms of would you rather have a prolonged like is is time yeah. off more valuable when it's still considered off season, or can you find time during the season to take some time off? Right. right. And is that the same thing? I would think that that time off where you're just still just straight up recharging your batteries, I, I would feel like that's a more productive use if you're just looking to, you know, recover from, from the last year. So I, I would imagine that most guys on those teams would prefer to go that route and then, and then occasionally take, you know, either a first night or the second night of a back-to-back off and again, that's where this is where, and to the league's credit, they have been very willing to work with players when it comes to their own health, mental yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and psychological and emotional. Uh, and, and I would imagine, you know, that, that, allows, that allows for a lot less stress for those. It's still a stressful decision. It's still going to be, 
and, and it's still going to be very stressful physically on whoever is going to be playing. But the fact that it's not, it's not the NFL where we tell you to jump and you ask how high the, the, the fact that there is that relationship here between governors and players and the commissioner here, where there is input that is legitimately taken into account that that makes all of this a lot easier. And, and, and it especially makes it easier in regards to kind of perceivably outlandish ideas, such as this, this staggered return. The cordial the nature of these conversations is also has as much to do, I think of the moment in time, um, meaning yeah. that we're still early in this process. There hasn't been an agreement yet. Mm-hmm. things are cordial when you're like okay we'll get there eventually we'll see but as the clock ticks you know there's more just the the realization that hey there's gonna have to be enormous sacrifices probably on both sides but there's gonna have to be enormous uh, enormous sacrifices and what you end up settling for is probably not what you want so maybe these things break off also i mean let's be honest anthony this is an election season here in the u.s there is next week could probably be a very high stress week just in general for for a lot of people and i think having these important negotiations taking place sort of you know outside of that but alongside of it 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 can add to the complicated nature of it so um i don't know that these are going to although i do feel like they will conclude in, in a good way i just i don't know that i would count those chickens just yet there's there's still oh yeah i mean it it but it's still i'm i guess i'm talking more comparatively speaking given given how things seem to go in some of the other leagues and and i think here with with the nba they they have to understand that like it is a star driven league and if a star gets hurt because they were rushed back 6 weeks after their season ended if lebron or anthony davis or even somebody like bam adebayo who is trying to build on the on the stardom that he built, or, or Jimmy Butler, who is trying to build on the stardom that he built in, in last year's postseason? If they then get hurt, that's that's right. as damaging as as some of the loss of revenue in the first place. So, what would you think about this, Anthony? We we talked about splitting this down the middle to like you know non playoff teams versus playoff teams. What if you had a choice? What if it came down to you can opt into the December 22nd, you can opt in, but we need to have at least, you know, maybe it's the non-playoff teams. You are December yeah. 22nd. Anybody else can opt in earlier, but if you don't opt in, then then so you're, all- you'll start later, but your schedule is going to be condensed. I just wonder what a team like, you know, what was a team that did, like the Phoenix Suns, I guess they didn't make it, uh, Portland mm-hmm. Trailblazers. I'd be curious. The Portland Trailblazers, who they finished their season several months ago. They made the playoffs, yeah. but they got a little out quick. Orlando mm-hmm. Magic. I wonder if those teams would say, you know what, I'd want to take a couple extra weeks off too. Or if they look at it and go, no, we've had enough rest. We'll give it in because we'd rather have fewer back-to-backs. That might be an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Or or even, you know, you go player by player and say, you know, <laughs> hey, LeBron, do you, want to, do you want to play on Christmas? Do you want to come back on Christmas? No? Fine. All right. Taylor Horton Tucker, carry us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this, there's the, the unfortunate thing here is that as you and I are recording, we're recording Thursday night and Fridays are usually where they dump a lot of the news. They dump a lot of the reporting when it comes to this stuff. Remember Fridays at, during the lead up to the bubble became, it, it was almost comical how they right. were yeah, dumping yeah. all of the information on Fridays. So I'm sure tomorrow we'll get some kind of update on the, at, 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 at this point, still public negotiations between the two sides. And, and from there, you know, over the weekend, we'll see what the, re- what the reaction looks like. 
and and on uh, on Monday, make sure you guys tune into to that episode of Locked On NBA. By, by the way, let me just to... throw this out there. As you're saying all this stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like radical ideas that we settle on. I mean, we had the play in tournament, which I thought was a success. Maybe there's something even greater than that. Maybe there's a you know, some kind of prize you can award to the teams that want to come back on December 22nd. And there's some sort of like from the 22nd of December to the mid January, those games count as something different. Just, I don't know what, but just something different. And you can opt into playing them and you win something. But, uh, and then the real season starts in January. It sounds crazy, but like I said, the NBA needs to recoup this money. They need to start. They need to save their Christmas date. They need to get over before the Olympics. All of those things have to happen or, or, I think it would be really damaging if they don't happen. So the only way to make that happen is to fit a, a round peg into a square hole. Square yeah. peg into a round hole. Yeah. The wrong I, shaped I, peg into the wrong shaped hole. You had it right the first time too. Like okay. Cool. It doesn't matter. You could say it either way. Just okay. so long as you aren't saying round and round or square and square. That's okay. the only way you screw up that. That's good that to thing. know. Thank you. But uh, I, I'll, I'll end on this though too, because, you know, this is this is going to be a difficult decision and it's going to be a difficult conversation and it's going to be all of those things but at the end of the day the 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 league lost 10% of its revenue this last year and you keep going through years like this like the the cap i believe as of right now is is not slated to increase which is a first for for a long time and you know if that if that cap continues to stay where it is that means the revenue coming in isn't increasing, which means that the revenue that the players have to split is is not increasing, and and those raises that they usually count on contract by contract are 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 not coming. So that's worth worth, worth noting. The NBA, in anticipation of this already, is already, I, I think, discussing, which means they're probably going to arrive at allowing for more sponsor invasive sponsorships, perhaps jerseys, perhaps the floor of the yeah. arenas. So we might see, so we might have a NASCAR season next year with uh, patches all over the place, just to make up for to recoup some of that lost revenue you're talking about. Players Gambling, get tattoos, do that stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I also, I also feel like we're kind of jumping the gun here a little bit in that the league hasn't even announced when the when when the off season where and when free agency when those things are going to to actually begin so uh, you know as as much as we want to speculate on the return on the actual of the actual games we have to see when teams can actually be built and, and we haven't gotten any information on that front really either uh, let's take a quick second here when we come back we're going to lighten the mood no more revenue very talk light. <laughs> no more revenue talk no more schedule talk uh, we are gonna we're gonna go out and send you guys into your Halloween weekend with a lot of fun here as Adam put together a list of the top ten best Halloween candies. Are you a are you a chocolate guy? Uh, a sweets guy, sour guy. It's, there's a mood, man. Um, there's you have to be in the right mood because I like all of it. That's the, that's mm -hmm. the thing. Um, caramel, chocolate, sour for sure, sweet for sure. I mean, yeah, it's all of it, man. There's a lot of nougat. I don't know. Don't know about nougat. That one. That one's a little weird to me. Man, you you hate the team you root for, the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for this? Looks like he's made out of nougat. All right, so um, we're going ten to one. Yeah. Is there anything, usually I ask you about like how you came to your decisions and stuff like that. Or you just want to dive on in this one. It's just what I like, Anthony. I mean, I know right. what I like. And so I go to it. Now, some of these candies are like specifically good during Halloween season. They, this is like a nostalgia factor. You know, there's yeah. certain candies you only see in Halloween. 
Yeah. I like candy corn is the ultimate one of this, but like there's certain candies, Ugh. you know, oh, it's terrible. It's not on my list, but there's yeah. certain ones. Um, but I do have an honorable mention. This was a tough list to make, but I do have some honorable mentions here that I want to get to. Um, okay. Hot tamales. Love them. My dad not, loves I, them. They don't I, seem I'm like, out. you don't like them? No, nah, I don't like them. They're just not really a Halloween candy. Like that's more of a like a movie theater candy or just you know something else. But um, they're good. Nerds. I want. I wish I could have fit nerds into here, but there's just so many good ones. And Almond Joy. I feel the like whole this is blogging my old... universe. The blogosphere is pissed. You didn't put nerds <laughs> in here. <laughs> Almond Joy. I feel like is one of my older candies that I like. I feel like old people like Almond Joy. I like yeah, Almond yeah. Joy. Like um, and then a Kit Kat. Kit Kat didn't make the cut, man. This is how good this list is. The Kit Kat, which is a fantastic candy bar, did not make the cut. Kit Kat missed the cut. All right. What's number 10? <laughs> number 10. The Twix. Can you hear this drum roll? Let me see here. Can you hear that? No. All right. You want me to do you want me to drum? Nope. Nope. Yeah, there you go. Uh the tw- the Twix. All right. This is, good, this is a good candy bar. Yeah. It's it's fine. The um the Twix, have you seen that they have the cookies and cream Twix? I actually really what? want to try that. Yeah, they <laughs> what? I'm in. They I'm they sold. they changed it up a little bit. They have like the cookies and I, I think man. it's I, <laughs> I really want to try it. I hope I I don't think Avery's going to go trick or treating just because of everything, and she's only <laughs> a year old, so yeah, she yeah, wouldn't yeah, really understand what she was doing. But but I, I want to go out there. One of my favorite things to do post Halloween, like in adulthood, is go buy a super cheap bag of candy. You know, like the the day after Halloween, all the candy is like half off. So you just go. Out have there you and never done candy. this? How long hmm? have you been an adult again? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I I always do it. I, I do okay. it every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, number nine, the Sour yeah. Patch Kids. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a really do you like good the one. watermelon one, or do you just like the originals? I think I only, I don't know that much candy, dude. I think I like the original. I didn't know there was these all. You're telling me about all these auxiliary, the cookies and cream Twix. Like this is, a, your list is going to be more detailed than mine. I just know the like broad stroke candies. This is the very first time ever that I'm more researched. For you. <laughs> <laughs> very well researched in the candies. Um, Sour Patch Kids, I have learned, I, I believe is one of, it might be number one in the NBA player favorite candies you know really? nba players big candy eaters i don't know if you knew this there's yeah mar odom loved them you know, there's a lady in uh denver she's been a, a season ticket holder for like 30 40 years and she always brings candy to the, all the players like she knows all their favorite ones and every single game she's there with a new bag of candy but sour patch kids very very popular amongst nba players that's interesting that's i mean it's a great candy i you know nba yeah. players have great taste is what it what it sounds like they do indeed um no, number eight, we're getting into the real juggernauts here. Starburst. Right. Starburst. Fantastic candy, man. And they do, I do know this one. They do make a lot of different like sub varieties, you know, tropical. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're all fantastic. I don't think there's a bad, I don't think there's a single bad flavor of Starburst. Every single one I like. So I was livid the other day eating a Starburst. And uh, it was during Easter, right? Because it's Easter, like you have the Easter egg hunts and they always have some candy in there. So, uh, we, we, we did that. We got some Starburst and it was the original flavor and they replaced the lemon. Lemon isn't oh. there anymore. Really? Yeah. Lemon. Has, happened? Th- it got replaced either by banana or pineapple and it was gross. It oh. was not good. I was wow. so pissed. Cause yeah, lemon's, lemon's my a staple. Lemon's is lemon's my favorite candy staple. Like candy lemon is a good yeah. for all candies. Number seven, mm-hmm. peanut M&Ms. Peanut M and M's, like just peanut. Like just you only peanut do, you, do you have like the regular M and M's coming up soon or no? 
Okay. Regular I guess I, like, I, I, I roll with you on that one. I, yeah, I roll with you on that one. Not that great. Peanut M&Ms are good. And then I'll just go ahead and, and, and share this. The number six right ahead is peanut butter M&Ms. I think peanut butter M&Ms slightly better than peanut M&Ms. Wait, Reese's Pieces are better than peanut butter M&Ms though. Dead serious. Until this very moment, I thought they were the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had the fat guy put this list together. <laughs> we like, should have. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely more in your will. Your Reese's Pieces are not Reese's Pieces M&M's? No, 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 no. They're, they're very Reese's, different. Reese's Pieces M&M's. No, the, right. the ratio of peanut butter to chocolate and all that stuff is different Completely with the peanut different. butter M&M's. Wow. There's a lot more peanut butter in the peanut butter M&M's, and I prefer the, the ratio. And also the Reese's actual peanut butter is better than the M&M peanut butter. Well, I learned something. <laughs> So would it now that you know that, would you make it Reese's Pieces and not? Reese's I don't know the difference, man. So I just I know pe- the peanut butter M M&M and M one is better than the not peanut than the peanut M M&M and M one, but they're both fantastic. They're both A okay. plus. Like I mixing them together is actually good as well. Yeah, um, all right, good. now we get into the heavy hitters, the top five. Okay, Snickers rounds it out, and specifically, you know, like I don't think I like a Snickers bar, but you mm-hmm. know how you get the little mini ones, mini ones. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. mini ones are like somehow better. They're like yeah. better than a regular sneaker, Snickers. Sneakers. Dude, the, the ratio always matters. Like you're yeah, talking you're about right. flavor profiles here. Yeah. So, you know, when you when you take a bite of the Reese's Mini, there's the, the there's a little bit more chocolate to the rest of the other tastes. Yeah. I think it tastes a little bit better. Oh wow. Okay. Um, but Snickers is good. Um do you, do you do you freeze yours? Do you freeze your Snickers? No. No? Room temperature, yeah. You're just in a drawer. Do you freeze any of your candies? No. Oh my god, dude! I, I'm I'm I might open. I don't up think the that world. would be good. I don't like I don't like frozen anything. Well, like like cold like cold Reese's. No, I mean Reese's ice cream is good. Oh man, I I'm gonna have to just <laughs> look. Take I know you're about to hand out a bunch of candy and stuff. Just steal one of the Reese's and put it in a fridge and eat it tomorrow, and you're welcome. Be good, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, number four. This one is another. This is maybe this is my second oldest in the top five, but the Jolly Rancher. Jolly oh, Ranchers are under, they went away for a while. There's some great, like Jolly Ranchers are like Starburst in that all the flavors are good. There's no bad ones and mm-hmm. uh, they last a really long time. That's a nice thing about them. Yeah. You know, like you, you got a Jolly Rancher. That's a good Very efficient candy. Yeah, very efficient candy. So I got to, <laughs> and they used to be manufactured right here in Colorado. So it gives them a little bit of a, uh, a little nudge. They used high to PER. Be. High, high PER with these Jolly Ranchers. Uh, I, the, the Jolly Ranchers gummies suck. I can see that they aren't they aren't very good. Never heard like, of them. I, but it, I can see it. It ruins it ruins the concept of a Jolly Rancher. Like I enjoy just popping a Jolly Rancher in, and then having that for like a good five minutes, ten minutes yeah. or so. It's yeah. great. Walk and around. those gummies, like you pop them in, and you wind up having to eat a whole bag of Jolly Ranchers. It's just yeah. it's not right. It's un-American. It's what it is. <sighs> number three is an all-timer. I would say number maybe number two amongst NBA players in terms of favorite. It's Skittles. And I'm mm. using the whole Skittles umbrella here because sour Skittles, oh my God, so fantastic. Even though they yeah. kind of make your mouth like, yes. you know, they, 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 they tear it up. By the end, by the like, end of the bag, you're like, I, I, I don't have a, a cheek anymore. I have a hole in my cheek. But they're fantastic. <laughs> all the forms, all the variations. I, uh, do, you, do you eat Skittles like one at a time or do you pop in a big old wad of them? Depends on the mood I'm in. Usually I'll separate the flavors. Mm. But uh, yeah, Skittles are great, man. Skittles are fantastic. Even all like the berry version, um, they're all they're all really good. They're dangerous yeah. though. I I I if it's original Skittles, especially if it's like the mini packs, 
If it's yeah. just the, the little mini packs, that, that whole bag is going in my mouth. And then Number two, by far my oldest per man move on this one, the Mr. Good Bar. And this one gets bumped up. If you ask me greatest candies, Mr. Good Bar would probably come in like seventh or eighth, right around the uh, Reese's Penises man. M&Ms. But Mr. Good Bar, which mm-hmm. you get at Halloween in the variety pack, is like fantastic. And so those mini, little miniature ones, little bite-sized yeah. ones. Just fan, it's like, you talk about great ratios. Those aren't giant peanuts. Those are tiny little peanuts. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, the crushed peanuts is good. I'm... There are like three or four candies that uh, that haven't been mentioned that obviously are going to go unmentioned that I'm surprised at. So, uh, well, what's number, number one? one? You know what number one is? It's everybody has the same number one. It's crazy how unified the world is about the greatest candy there is, or like what? Halloween candy. What is it? The Reese's Pieces. Wait, what cup? Cup? The cup? cup. Reese's Pieces cup? Yeah. No, it's, it's it's a Reese's peanut butter cup. The Reese's. <laughs> all right, the Reese's peanut butter cup is the number one. They actually have a cup now. That is the Reese's cup with Reese's pieces I don't, yeah, inside see, that's, of it. That seems really weird. That I don't think that would be good. The cup, <laughs> the the cup. This is where you're right about the ratio, though, because I think that the more peanut butter you stuff in there, like they have the ones that are enormous, or you have like the Easter ones or whatever. Yeah. Like, those are fantastic because they're just so much peanut butter. But Reese's peanut butter. If you just talk about the original, uh, it's a perfect candy. I'm always yeah. in the mood for. It. I'm never not in the mood for a Reese's. White chocolate Reese's are really really good. Have you are had they? those? No. Oh my god. Oh. And again, cool them down. I please, Adam, do this for me. <laughs> I want you experiment. to just pop pop a Reese's into your fridge, and okay. it's that it's a texture different difference. It's really good. I will so, remember to do this. Some that I, I'm going to text you like okay. repeatedly until you do it. Okay. But the uh, the some that went unmentioned, milk duds. Dude, terrible. That was like if I had a what? list of. I'm not. I'm glad oh you brought it up. God. If you had a list, is is Whoppers and milk dough? They're different. Those two are tied for the worst. Like you could give me broccoli covered in razor blades, and I'll be like, yes, I will take that over over milk duds. Milk duds are so amazing. Milk duds and wine is actually a really good combination. Oh, how sophisticated of you! (laughs) (laughs) You know, most people go cheese, prosciutto. Yeah, wow, a little charcuterie board. Like, wow, yeah. Uh, All right, another one. Seventy-three. Yeah, no. um, What what was the other one? Another one that does, I have a few. Another one that doesn't get mentioned. Uh, the Sour Patch Straws. I've never those? heard of it. Like when we get into these subgenres, like I just it's you not can really. Count them all it's up. not. It's not like a subgenre. They, if you saw them, you would know what it was. Okay. They have this like raspberry one that comes. It's like they they sell them in these like long things. It's like twelve straws is in there. Like a fruit and the by raspberry foot or a fruit one roll is incredible. Up. Ooh, those are good too. But uh, those aren't really candies. Uh, there's another, oh, not really fruit. I hope you know that (laughs) that's, that's really more of a healthy, uh, I've been giving those to Avery. That doesn't, (laughs) uh, everlasting gobstoppers. That, that, I don't think those are good. Don't you have to talk about a long candy? Isn't that take like weeks to eat? No, 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 no. No, You're talking about like the big white jawbreaker thing. No, no, no. The, they, they sell them, you know, they come in like a yellow box. And there's a sort of flavors is like a red one and a green one and a yellow somehow one. I've never I don't know this one I don't think so oh my god yeah, yeah you you should you should try to have those okay. you said nerds goes unlisted yeah, I would it was probably on honorable pop mention it, it was very close it's top fifteen nerds I would I would have popped it in there for yeah. instead of Mr Goodbar I'm not really a Mr Goodbar guy oh, man you got it they're they're fantastic uh there's another one mars bars did you ever eat those no i don't think that's good all those like three musketeers butterfinger you know what's that payday pay yeah thousand hundred grand or whatever it is thousand days what are they called Mm -hmm. thousand 
something like that. I so, yeah, I, none of those to me. Those are all, those are out. Out the club. <laughs> this is actually a super polarizing subject. Like it will, of all of the power rankings that you and I have ever done, I would imagine this is going to get the most. Except for number one, I'm telling you, everybody likes the Reese's. And it's like the number one, everybody agrees. I've never met anybody that doesn't like Reese's. You're right. But the uh, there are going to be people legitimately shocked at you never having popped one in the refrigerator before. Maybe. Yeah. That is not, that is that it, it. I mean, it shocked me. So that's crazy. That's it's just that's just craziness. Uh, let us know though. Let us know what your favorite Halloween candies are. This was fun. I, I enjoy. Now that we're into the off season, we're gonna do, you know, power rankings. Still, we're gonna have some fun with them. This is a good example of it. I'm looking forward to doing more of this stuff. This is this is. And David might hate us because we aren't talking about Rudy Gobert screen assist, but but this is this is still a really fun subject. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's going to do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA Podcast. Make sure you guys are tuned in uh, on this feed, on all of your feeds. I know I personally hopped on Locked On Hawks to talk about the KCP potential in, in free agency over there. Uh, and and as we get more information about when the NBA might resume, when free agency is going to kick off, as we know more about the draft, Chad Ford is now doing his draft board uh, for us as well. So whether it's NBA stuff, MLB stuff, all of that stuff, you, you know your team is covered here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great rest of your weekend. Please be, please be safe out there. Get your vote in, and we will talk to you on Friday.